the Lord. My name is Natasha from Love's Cure Ministries. Thank you for joining me. I just wanted to come on to share a few scriptures in regards to the souls under the altar. And I'm bringing that up because I, like many of you that are in Christ, should have a righteous anger to all that we see that is happening around the world of the deception of the masses. We know that the Lord is coming back. We know that he is watching from his holy hill. And I can understand why the Holy Spirit is grieved with this generation. The Bible says nothing is new under the sun. And when we look at the egregious mistreatment of not only people groups, but a lack of compassion for humanity, that not even children would be off limits, we must understand that the devil has waged war against the young. Now, what does this have to do with the souls under the altar that are crying out, how long, Lord? Well, I'm going to break down a few scriptures and then you will understand the necessary and reasonable service as children of God, as the inheritance of Yeshua, as ambassadors that are standing boldly, speaking as we ought to speak. There is a necessary and reasonable service to endure the sanctification process called life. And while in the midst of persecution and trials and tribulations, as we are pruned, we gain strength from our God and King, strength in our faith that each time we endure, we complain less and we praise more. Now, by this time, you may be saying, Natasha, what, what are you getting at? What are you talking about? Right? What are you talking about? We know that there's a righteous anger and we see all these things happening in the world and it's unfortunate and it's terrible and it's hard to watch. What I am referring to is the fact that we know that the enemy has waged war on the young, on the children. We know that nothing is new under the sun. What has been is and will be. And so we see this pattern. We see this pattern, right? Of Pharaoh in the time of Moses killing off the firstborn Hebrew sons. We see this repetitive pattern a little over 
two days ago. Because like the Bible says, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day, right? So in the time of Yeshua walking the earth, we see that King Herod killed the sons. Killed all of the sons two years of age and younger. And so that brings me to 2022. That in this last hour, the time has grown so cold. Filled with such a hate towards children. That this time more than any other time in the history of the world, we see even parents, loved ones, people who are supposed to protect children, kill them. We see the guardians of the youth, the children. Imagine a child does not know any better. They are trusting the adult. They're trusting the one who is supposed to be in charge, who's supposed to love them. And instead, that guardian, that parent, that quote-unquote loved one, betrays that child or children and takes their life. Now, I'm bringing this up because of the three years that I've had this YouTube channel, I have always, even before I started the channel, I've always had a heart for children. And it pains me and it hurts me and it's hard to watch and it's hard to hear I can't even stand to hear the words of something traumatic or dramatic happening to a child. It destroys me on the inside. It hurts me to my core. Being an advocate for children is a light, simple, and easy burden the Lord has put on my heart aside from just overall helping people. Because I love to be a help to people. And when I see that we are in a time where we're again seeing not just spiritually, but physically seeing the manifestation of the devil waging war against the children. See, it's one thing when the devil wages war against the saints. We take up our cross and we follow Messiah and we know that it is our good and reasonable service. It is a necessary service to bring the word of the Lord to the masses. Now, whether they choose to embrace it, whether they choose to reject it, is everyone's choice to make. But in that last day, when we stand before the throne of God, we will have no excuse because we have heard the word of the Lord and we have been given the right and the freedom to choose. 
as a member of the kingdom of God that bears witness to the testimony of Yeshua. I too, like the saints that have come before me, that endure now here on the earth, I have a righteous anger to the fact that it's bad enough that children aren't even safe in their own home. Every time you turn on the news, you hear about a child being traumatized, betrayed, victimized, killed off. That's bad enough. And what is also horrible, evil, and wicked is when you can have the gall as a woman to have the ability to be a vessel that is made to nurture and develop life in your womb. And just like I was watching the unbearable sight of a woman, I can't even call her that because a real woman would never do that. I can't even call this individual a woman. But for this person who calls themselves an activist out of Detroit, advocating for pro-choice, she would actually have the nerve and audacity to take a mail-order abortion pill on live TV and then brag about how it is her third abortion. So, of course, we're living in a fallen world where many call evil good and good evil. So, of course, those who see nothing wrong with it, you know, the irresponsible ones who would rather just have sex outside of marriage, who would rather give themselves to someone, man or woman, that doesn't even value them enough to marry them, but clearly looks at them as just a good time. But anything else would just be what? Uncivilized, I guess. So rather than trying to be a responsible person, because let's face it, a majority of the world is just going to do the opposite of what God's word is. So by the world standards, they can't even be responsible enough to not get pregnant in the first place. But then once it happens that this unborn child is being developed in the womb, they try to justify the murdering and killing of the young. So apparently this child doesn't even have the right to live, right? This child's choice is being taken. And the one person who has the ability to protect this child, because again, the child is in the womb. 
So although the father is there, and I don't know what's going on with the father, but although the father is there and the, the, the man is the protector, this woman has this life growing inside of her and has the nerve to know that it's wrong. And the reason why I know that it's wrong is because I pay attention to body language. I pay attention to, well, okay, her voice is a little unstable now. It's a little shaky. She was way more confident before this, but now she's taking this abortion pill on camera to prove a point of how safe it is. And you know, there's a lot of fools in this world. Because even though they feel like that's a less evasive process to, to murder a child, okay? So this woman was a mother to three children and she chose to kill them before they even had a chance to be born. Because you're a mother and a father even before that child is born. Once that life is created, oh, you're a mother, you're a father already. Just like in the Bible, when Mary was betrothed to Joseph, she was his wife. He was her husband. They were just going through the process of the engagement, of the betrothing. And then, of course, of completing that marriage covenant and consummating the marriage. So I know I've gone off on a tangent, but I'm bringing this up for a reason. And then I'm going to go to some scriptures to bring it all together because all of this has a point. When I came across the video and it's about two months old, when I came across the video yesterday, I was so... I was so bothered. I was so troubled in my spirit. I was so grieved. And before making this video, I was just talking to the Lord. And I said, Lord, I can't even pretend to imagine how you feel because you have been so good to shelter all of us in our lives. We're not able to see every single instance in the world. of persecution and trials and tribulations and the unfairness and the mistreatment. We're not able to see the good times and the bad times in every single person's life. We're not able to see the heinous actions of those who are handed over to their own mind. And I sat here and I talked to the Lord and I said, Lord, I can understand, even though I may not be able to fathom the sheer grievance of watching generations and especially this last generation of the wickedness All of 
these people who are foolish in their own minds and in their nature, that they have taken on the form of the adversary and are doing his work. Just like when Pharaoh asked the midwives, rather he told the midwives to go and do the dirty work of killing off the children. And so now we see that the ideology of killing the unborn is running rampant. God bless the children who are actually able to make it out of adolescence because we're seeing such a growing number of children being victimized where they're supposed to be safe, where they're supposed to feel comfortable. And so... Going back to my point, I watched this video yesterday and this woman actually had the goal to try to make a point by showing how safe this pill was. So she took it on national television and uh, her voice became shaky and she boasted about how she had three and, uh, you know, she basically... She basically began the process of an abortion on TV. She killed her baby on TV. This is the world we're living in. This is the last hour. There are so many people that are waiting for a great tribulation to happen and they don't realize it's already happening. There are more mechanisms that are being put into place but the foundation and the stage has already been set. It's just not fully talked about or put out there for it to be common knowledge. But these things have been going on behind the scenes. And if someone is willing to be tenacious enough to research and look, they will find the information and the confirmation of these things that are already set in place that all they have to do is just be activated and slowly but surely we see this evolution in our society people are becoming more desensitized and i know this because when someone can so casually witness someone killing their unborn child on television and then continue to have a conversation with them although they are clearly disturbed by the action of this person that says a lot. But I'll go one step further and say that, again, I was so troubled in my spirit that I went back to the video. I was in the midst of working on other things and it just kept gnawing at me and gnawing at me. And I said, okay, I'm going to make a video about this and I'm going to talk about this because this needs attention. All of this, again, has a point to the souls under the altar. I went back and watched the video and I, I linked it in the description box below. 
because I know that, you know, in seeing the video, there are going to be some that are outraged by it. And we know the reception of that in society. We know that the reception of that is going to be rejection of the opposition to, to murder. Okay. Because as long as they can't see it, then it's not happening. You know, it's funny before I bring up this point about the video, it's funny that, you know, on court TV and things like that, they'll have trials. And I remember that they had this one trial of this woman who committed a heinous crime with, uh, her husband, I believe. If I'm saying this correctly, it was a little while ago. I don't remember all of the details, but what I do remember is that they murdered their infant baby, their infant child. And, you know, just the details of that, just the act alone, we know that it is ungodly. We know that it is devilish. And again, many would think, oh, you know, these things aren't really happening. You know, people are making the choice for themselves, you know. But when you realize spiritually what's happening, that there are entities, demonic entities, spiritual wickedness in the heavenly places that are working behind the scenes to influence and also you know, and this is a whole other video, but actually live inside individuals. And sometimes you can even see that demonic presence when you look into the face of the person and how it changes. You can see it in the eyes. You can see the darkness in the eyes. We know that. But in their features, their features actually start to change. So it brings me back to this video. So I'm watching the video again only because I wanted to be able to find, um, it was initially a short, a YouTube short that I had seen. And so I wanted to be able to find a video that I could actually link in the description um, because I'm not subscribed to this person's channel. It was just something that I came across because, and this is a whole nother topic as well. Obviously, YouTube is not going to promote my channel, even though I have 200 videos up there, even though I have a full-blown website and all of the, this information and uh, uh, teachings of scripture in context, telling the masses the truth, they don't push my channel. I understand these things. I know it's a battle. And I'm going to continue to be diligent in, in praying and asking the Lord how I can get this channel, get these videos, get the information in front of more and more people so that they know the truth, so that they can actually make a decision as to truly what they want to do and not just go based off of their assumptions. Because this is our soul, soul here. We're talking about eternal life. So I found the video and when I looked at the thumbnail, I looked at this woman's hand and don't you know, this woman has a satanic symbol 
on her left palm. If you're able to tolerate watching the video for the five or six minutes, I didn't even watch the video that long because I, I could care less what these people have to say when they sit there and they see this heinous act being committed and they think it's okay. And even when they don't think it's okay, they still don't say anything. And of course, to see this individual do this so nonchalantly, like it's not a life. So I clicked into the video and I was watching and the hand that she had the pill in, which is how I was able to even see her palm. She had the pill in the palm where the satanic symbol is drawn or tattooed or whatever you want to call it. It's on her palm. This is a godless individual we're talking about here. And I, for one, am concerned because it's people like that that are so far gone in their own mind. They're on a trajectory to a place that when they get there, then they're really going to be able to see. So I can only hope and pray for her sake that the Lord opens her eyes, that the Lord doesn't harden her heart, that she comes to the Lord and she asks for forgiveness and humility and repents and be reconciled unto God. But I know that if she does that, and we can only hope and pray because there are many out in the world that are so lost, and this is why we have to do the work. We have to do the work because there's an imbalance in society. And as much as they may want to resist or reject the truth, there are those out in the world that if they knew the truth, they would come to Messiah. And so we have to cast out that net because it's a big ocean. And we have to focus on Messiah because he's going to tell us where to go and how to do it. And his word also says that when they reject it, we got to shake the dust off of our feet and we have to move on. But there are many that still need to know the truth. And there are even more that think they know the truth because there's so many misinterpretations, so many people that are preaching this feel good message and, oh, it's okay to be where you are. It's okay to just continue on a trajectory that is not beneficial. But when we read the word and we look in the book of Revelation and it talks about how God has the flames of fire in his eyes and he's wearing his linen that is fine and it is white. The hem of his linen garment is drenched in the blood of the saints. It is not dirty. It does not have dirt and grime on it. 
He's not rolling around in the mud. It's fine white linen. So we have to look at our lives and we have to present our lives as living sacrifices unto the Lord. And we have to really take a hard look at the warnings that Yeshua has given to the seven churches. And if we love him, we will take heed to obey the commandments of God. And in humility, we have to go back to that place where we can be teachable. We have to be humble enough to accept and understand that we're in a sanctification process and there's things that need to be broken away from us that are not of God. So it's going to be a hard journey. The narrow way is not easy. But the way unto death is a wide road. So before this gets any longer, I want to go over these scriptures. And uh, I want to say this. The souls under the altar. They are martyrs. They're not cowards. When Stephen was dragged, thrown into that pit and stoned, I'm sure he was afraid to die like that. You have to wonder why it is that Stephen looked up. If someone is sitting there and saying, oh, no, but, you know, you can't be afraid. Yeah, we know that God does not give us a spirit of fear, but it does not say we won't be fearful. He says, do not fear. So what is, what is Yeshua really trying to do? He's trying to bring us back. He's trying to wheel us back in. To say, you know what? I sympathize. As the word says, he sympathizes with us because he was in the world. And I'm paraphrasing here. He was here and he walked in flesh and he understands because he was tempted. But he as our king and our savior and redeemer, he is perfect in all his ways. He is our strength and our overcomer, and he is with us. So it's not that we sit here and we embrace the fear. We have to be willing to be humble enough to say, you know what, Lord, in this moment, I'm afraid I'm being persecuted because I'm out here just like your saints under the altar, just like your martyrs. I'm out here. And I know that they're trying to discourage me. I know that they're trying to 
intimidate me. I know that they're trying to do all of these things unjustly just because I'm sharing your truth. But I'm looking up like Stephen because I know through the Holy Spirit, because God has not handed us over to our own mind. We know that the feeling of being afraid in the midst of the persecution for coming and walking in the steps of those that have come before us. By walking according to the word, which is a lamp unto our feet. We know we have to face it head on and say, you know what? I may be afraid in this moment, but I'm going to look up like Stephen and I'm going to look to where my peace is. So these are the hard issues like the war that is waged upon the young and issues like that, you know, messages that are not feel good message. It's going to be hard to hear. It's hard to advocate because there are so many that are resistant. So many that are going to bring up a million and one different justifications. Maybe, you know, a lot of the times they have one or two and we'll try to use that as justification. Oh, what about rape victims? Oh, what about children in foster care? And what about when parents decide to kill their children, whether unborn or born? What about that? So someone can sit there and look at someone who's killed their child, who is a few months old and call them a murderer. But you look at someone taking an abortion pill on TV, admitting that they've done it three, a total of three times, including that time. And you think that that's not a murderer? And you know, there's so many foolish individuals that do these things that turn their wombs into cemeteries. You know, they turn their wombs into an environment of death. Our wombs were not designed to be an environment for death. As women, we are given the gift of being able to nurture and develop life. That's a gift. There are women out here that physically are not able to go through that process, but would be wonderful mothers that want to be mothers. So why not go through the process of the development of life through pregnancy, bring the child into the world and arrange for that child to be with a family that would love them. To kill off a child as a matter of convenience is a devilish thing. And so just as many have the right to disagree with me, I also have a right to say how I feel because how I feel 
is based on that word of God. Bible says, let the mind that is in Christ be in you also. Now, if someone has a problem with the word of God, they can take it up with the Lord because it's his word and it's his word that I speak, not my own. So I'm going to read these scriptures before closing. And this is how we're going to bring it full circle. I'm just going to the scripture here. Bear with me. In Exodus chapter 1, verses 15 through 22, this is the New King James Version. It says, Pharaoh tells the midwives to kill all Hebrew baby boys. Nothing is new under the sun, folks. Nothing is new under the sun. You think the devil is pushing a new agenda? His agenda has just evolved over time. It's the same old story in a whole new package. It says, then the king of Egypt told the Hebrew midwives whose names were Shifra and Puah. When you help the Hebrew women in childbirth, look at the child when you deliver it. If it's a boy, kill it. But if it's a girl, let it live. However, the midwives feared God. Again, I'm going to repeat that. This is verse 17. However, the midwives feared God. So when we're looking in 2022 at a video with a woman who so casually takes an abortion pill on TV to kill off a child in her womb and has a satanic symbol on her hand, we know that this egregious act is in opposition to God because God created life. And we know that Satan the agenda of Satan because he hates humanity. You want to talk about hateful? The devil hates. See, the devil keeps you from the truth and the devil encourages people and, and creates these ideologies that people feed into to make them feel like what they're doing is okay. But it's in opposition to God. And what does it, what does it do for them? Where does it lead? Oh, they're going to end up in the depths of Sheol, just like him. Verse 17, however, the midwives fear God and didn't obey the king of Egypt's orders. They let the boys live. So the king of Egypt called for the midwives. He asked them, why have you done this? Why have you let the boys live? The midwives answered, Pharaoh, Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women. They're so healthy that they have their babies before a midwife arrives. God was good to the midwives. So the people increased in number and became very strong because the midwives feared God. He gave them families of their own. Then Pharaoh commanded all his people to throw into the Nile every Hebrew boy that was born, but to let every girl live. So we see the waging of the war on the innocent, on the young. 
we see the midwives standing up because they feared God. And because they feared God, they didn't obey the king of Egypt. So these two women stood up for righteousness. But what does the enemy do? The enemy just tries to divert and find a way around that. So Pharaoh then commanded all his people to throw these babies into the Nile. Let me move on to the next passage. And I pray that you'll go through and read uh, Exodus chapter 1 for yourself to get the full context of the word. In Matthew chapter 2, verse 16, the passage is entitled Massacre of the Innocents. It says, Then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry, and he sent forth and put to death all the male children who were born in Bethlehem and in all its districts from two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. So we see in Exodus chapter 1, that was in the time of Moses. And we know the story of Moses. If you're not familiar, please go back to the book of Exodus and read how the life of Moses was preserved because he was already destined with the purpose and identity of God to do the work and will of the Father. And now we see in Matthew chapter 2 what Herod did in the time of Yeshua in an attempt to kill Jesus. Yeshua says, if they've done it to me, know that they're going to do it to you. And if they've done I'm paraphrasing here. If they've done it to you, know that they, they've done it to me, right? This is so that we are aware that this is the pattern. This is the pattern. That there is an agenda to persecute, oppress, to try to kill off and slander and defame the people of God. But we know these things are not new. In Matthew chapter 19, in verses 11 and 12, Excuse me. Actually, I'm going to read that too. That's interesting. I, I was actually going to read the uh, following passage, but I'm going to read this one. Thank you, Lord. Okay, so the first passage in Matthew 19 is in verses 11 and 12, and it's entitled, Jesus Teaches on Celibacy. And it says, But he said to them, All cannot accept this saying, but only those to whom it has been given. For there are eunuchs who were born thus from their mother's womb, and there are eunuchs who were made eunuchs by men, and there are eunuchs who have made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven's sake. He who is able to accept it, let him accept it. We see here, that yes, man can have their hand in making 
not that it's preserved, but in making eunuchs. And then there are some that are born in the womb and commissioned from before coming into this world. They have that purpose and identity already embedded in them, in their mother's womb. And then we see that there are those that are made themselves as eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven's sake. This is how precious it is to develop and preserve life. Because each and every one of us has a purpose and identity. It's just a matter of, are we going to accept Christ so that we can love him and obey him and his father, as it is written, and also walk in the gifts that he has given us. Walk in the purpose and identity that the father has established has embedded in us. The following passage is entitled, Jesus Blesses Little Children. Don't you know Yeshua loves children? He loves all of us, but man, does he have a heart for children? It's no wonder that the enemy is trying to kill them off because of how precious they are in the sight of God. The Bible says that we should be like children. So let me read this passage. It's verses 13 through 15. And it says, Then the little children were brought to him, that he might put his hands on them and pray. But the disciples rebuked them. But Jesus said, Let the little children come to me, and do not forbid them. For of such is the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and departed from there. We read over and over again in the New Testament. Well, it's throughout the Bible, but we see it time and time again in the New Testament where we are referred to as the children. Because children, they're trusting. They're trusting of their parents to lead them in the way that they should go. They're trusting their parents, their loved ones to provide for them, to protect them, to comfort them, to support them. Even though children can be rambunctious and kind of do their own thing and go their own way, they need structure and love and support and guidance and direction just like our Father provides for us. Can't we see the mirror image of how precious we are in the sight of God? In Revelation chapter 6, the passage talking about the fifth seal it's entitled, The Cry of the Martyrs, is in uh, verses 9 through 11. And it says, When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice 
saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth. Then a white robe was given to each of them, and it was said to them that they should rest a little while longer until both the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who would be killed as they were was completed. You know, it's interesting. Just a quick note. Every time, without fail, when I go to record my uh, podcasts or videos, there's always some type of disturbance outside. And I usually try to um, edit those out. It's like, you know, it'll be quiet the entire day. And then the minute I go to record, the enemy starts to cause the, these disturbances. The enemy starts to cause these disturbances to try to get me deterred from sharing the truth, sharing the message, the testimony of Christ. And so this is one more example, even though it's a small one, it's one more example of the things that we deal with as saints, as children, as servants, as ambassadors. And we have to just keep pressing on. We have to keep pressing on. The cry of the martyrs is being heard. The souls under the altar have given their lives as living sacrifices, spiritually and physically. They have, they have given all of themselves and have performed their necessary and reasonable service. And that service not everyone can walk in. The last passage that I have is from Revelation chapter 20 verses 4 through 10. So I just went over the passage of the souls under the altar and how they were given the white robes. And how they cried out, how long, Lord. They wanted to know when they would be avenged, when the Lord would come with the wrath of God to judge all of the earth. To bring a righteous judgment. To bring holy justice. We know that soon. 
And that's why more than ever, we have to be tenacious. We have to be strong. We have to recognize the wiles of the devil. We have to pray against it. We have to draw near to God. We have to press into him. We have to just hold on to the Lord with everything within us. We have to love him with all our hearts, all our minds, all our soul. Because we're going to need his strength in this last hour. When we can see the desensitizing of the masses so much though that they don't even think twice about having someone who says they're an activist perform this egregious act and brag about the amount of time she's done it. We know that there's lots to do. We ha- we know We know that there is much work to do. Doing the work of ministry, sharing your testimony, which is evidence of the testimony of Yeshua, being an ambassador of the kingdom of God is our reasonable service. We have to trust and know that when we go forth to do the work, that it will not be smooth, it will not be easy, it will not be sunshine and rainbows, and we will not be welcomed nor received. But when you look at the wars and rumors of wars, we know what war is. And we know that when the soldiers stand up because they know who they are. And in our case, we know who we are in Christ. When we stand up and go onto that battlefield, we know we're not going to be received. Just like in the wars that we see in our world, soldiers are not received. They are going into battle to fight for and vindicate for what they believe in, for whatever it is that their country is trying to enact or fight for. And so how much more should we do as soldiers of Christ? How much more should we do? Because this is not just a physical war. This is a war of the mind. This is a spiritual war. And because we know these things and the Lord has made us privy to holy matters. We have the responsibility. And I'm speaking to those who have made up their mind to follow Christ. I'm not talking about the people that are still on the fence. I'm not talking about the people who are still out in the world. I'm talking to you as a fellow believer, as a child of God, as a brother and sister of Christ, a saint. Don't you know you are already a martyr? 
because you deny yourself every day. You're dying to yourself every day when you deny yourself. So we're obviously martyrs spiritually, but there are some that are given the task to face that physically. And we know that as times continue to get more wicked, that it is easier to see how all of these things that we've talked about for all of these years, all of the things that we've seen in the Bible, we can see now how easy it is for it to get to that level and point because it's everything is desensitized. The attention span of mankind is limited to 15 or 20 seconds because people can't even stand to listen to a message that's 20, 30, 40, 50 minutes. Because they don't have the, the patience anymore to learn anything. So in viewing 20 to 30 seconds, you're going to miss it. Because you can't learn about this message, this foundation from a 20 or 30 second message. You got to spend time with the Lord. You got to put that time in. Because you need to be built up spiritually so that when you go and you speak against those things that are not right, that are ungodly, that are wicked, even when you're the only person in the room, you will have that foundation from which your strength comes to speak boldly as you ought to speak. That when the heathen come with their justifications and they're tearing down and they're yelling and their physical or verbal attack you will be guarded. You will be girded up. The Lord will give you what you need in that moment to overcome. God has never failed. He has never left his people. And now more than ever, We have to stand up. We have to stand up and not be afraid. But you know what? If you step out and you're afraid, it's okay. Because in that moment, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and remove that fear. And replace it with peace, a joy, and the boldness you need to walk and represent truth in Jesus' name. He will give you grace and he will take care of you and he will protect you and he will give you everything that you need. But the blessings of God, they only come upon those who obey his commands, his blessings, pursue and chase his people. But we got to be willing to do the work. 
We got to be willing to be a benefit to the kingdom. And in order to be a benefit to the kingdom and part of doing the work of ministry to edify the brethren is to encourage the brethren to say, you know what? You're not alone, though you may not see anyone around you that has the mind of Christ in them as it is in you. You are still not alone. We are scattered among the nations and yet we are called out of the nations we are members of the eternal priesthood and we are set in the region that we are set in because there is work to do. And we have to know that we are sitting in the midst of the glory cloud of God, that we are surrounded by his all consuming fire and not one ungodly, wicked, vile soul can touch the man, woman, or child of God, lest they be burned. I know this to be true. I know without a doubt, I know with every bit of assurance in me that my confidence is in Christ and I know that when I step out to speak boldly as I ought to speak, the Lord knows that I am justly coming in truth. And if any demon steps out of line, starts to spew and evoke out of the person that they're in, I already know that the Lord is taking care of that. See, the Lord can call his legions of angels. Mm-hmm. He can call his legions of angels. Absolutely. Chariots of fire. Yes. So we have to be bold and we cannot be cowards. We have to be confident in Christ. We have to trust him and have faith and believe in him. We're not stepping out onto shallow waters here. We're stepping out onto deep waters. But just like Messiah was already out on the deep waters when Peter stepped out of the boat to meet him there. Yeshua sustained him. And even when Peter began to sink into that deep water, Messiah was right there to pull him out. To pull him out. He made that water like solid ground. Hallelujah. So we know that there are hard issues that we are facing in society. And we know that the opposition is against us. We know that we are in the minority because we're standing for truth. Remember, only eight people got on the ark. Noah and his family, there were eight of them. When Noah built that ark, and he wasn't alone in the building, but when he was building that ark, he was also proclaiming the word of God. He was warning the people. He was warning the people. He was evangelizing to them. And they ignored, they rejected the word. And so when we see that the wrath of God rained down on the earth, and at that time there were just about as many people on the earth as there is now, if you follow the history, when the wrath of God rained down, 
and they were succumbed by the deep waters. There was no excuse because they were brought the truth and yet they rejected the truth. So I'll read from Revelation chapter 20 verses 4 through 10. And let us remember the souls under the altar. Let us remember the people that were actually loyal enough. Those who were humble enough to put their confidence in Christ, their faith in God, even unto death. Because that's the reality. It's not just about having the conversation. It's about action. It's about walking in the faith. And contrary what, to what the popular belief may be, we have to actually work out our faith. Because what other evidence will you have? How else are you going to lay up treasures in heaven but by walking by faith? Let us be confident and let us rejoice in this. The saints reign with Christ 1,000 years. This is the eternal Shabbat. It says, And I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was committed to them. Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God, who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received his mark on their foreheads or on their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years, but the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. Over such, the second death has no power, but they shall be priests of God. They shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him in thousand years. Let us remember that Yeshua established the eternal priesthood. He fulfilled the order of Melchizedek. He completed and confirmed the oath of God. He went forth in it and fulfilled it. And he replaced the weaknesses of men with his eternal kingship and strength by which there is no other sacrifice needed nor required to kill sin at the root. The Lord has vindicated us. So we know when we go forth to talk about these issues and talk about this ungodly generation that justifies murder as a convenience 
not to mention all of the other issues in the world. Not to mention those issues that affect people groups so much so that it can get the mind of those who are willing to follow Christ. It can get them off of their trajectory of solely focusing on him and solely focus on the issues because it's all a distraction. What better distraction is there than to persecute and oppress and violate and victimize a person? You're surely going to get their attention. And so just as we have to be a voice for righteousness, because there was a multitude that came out of Egypt. If you look at all, if you could look at all of the people that walked out of Egypt with Moses, it wasn't just of one kind, meaning they didn't all look the same. It was a multitude that walked out. And just as we are called out of the nations now, from all of our classes and colors and races and cultures and heritage and background, we are joined together. We are unified in Christ as the eternal priesthood. We have a new heritage through our God. We have our feasts. We have all of that to celebrate. And to remind us that we are called out from among them. Don't have the heart of the world because it's going nowhere fast. The word says the earth, the heavens and the earth are going to pass away and a new heaven and a new earth will be established. We have to get into this word each and every day and we have to stay focused on what God says because it's so easy to get distracted. It's so easy to be moved. It's so easy to get so far away from our focus. When we step out in truth, that is not an easy commission. When we share the gospel, it is not an easy commission. So we have to maintain the armor of God. We have to stay in the safety of his abiding presence. Because we know that when we go out to share the truth, we already know that darts and arrows and axes and everything is just going to be coming for us. So we are not to be shocked nor surprised. And we go through the sanctification process to, to become strong, to get thick skin, because people will come out of the woodworks and say anything to attack us. And we have to be able to be in a mindset of focusing on Christ so that we are not moved, so that we don't sink down in deep waters. 
Let your heart not be troubled. Stand for righteousness. Don't be afraid to speak boldly as you ought to speak, even when you're in the minority. Trust in Yeshua. Have faith in our God and King and believe that he can bring you through. Believe that when you open your mouth to speak, that there are others that in their heart, they can look at the truth and they can see it and they can identify with it and their hearts will be softened at that moment. There are so many people that can come to Christ and not be afraid and stand up and say, you know what? I was feeling the same way, but now that I know that I'm not alone, this is encouragement for me. This is a support for me. This helps give me strength. So as ambassadors of Christ, we have no choice but to be the first. We have no choice but to be the first because we are not a part of the majority. But it only takes one to stand for truth. And just like Messiah, our great example, he stood for truth even unto death. But death had no power over him. And through him, death has no power over us. And we have to believe that when we speak the word of God, that his word is powerful enough to penetrate the heart, to start shifting the balance, to start getting people to realize that things like that, killing off innocent children is not a matter of convenience but it is an ungodly and satanic act. And we are not here to sacrifice children just as they've done in the ancient times and just as they do now through that egregious act. We're about creating life. We're about multiplying the multitude. We're about walking in the commission of God. He is the Lord of creation after all. May we ponder these things. May we get into the secret place with our God and King and pray in the name of Yeshua. Pray through the Holy Spirit that even when we don't know what to pray, that the Holy Spirit will utter groanings on our behalf. Ask God to lead you and guide you and direct your path. Ask him to give you strength. Ask him to be an advocate for you so you can learn how to be one for others who don't have a voice. May you have peace and may grace be multiplied. Until next time. Bye, friends. Thank you.